I, I want like X plus Y to equal something. I have no idea. Like, I feel like every day with chondros is Christmas because you don't know what they're going to change into or, or what you're going to produce or anything. So I, I like having the unknown out there. This is From the Ground Up, the story of me starting my reptile business. Hager Slacks. It's spelled differently, but. So, from the ground up, 33, <laughs> we are with the Slacks man himself, Mark Hager from Texas Condros. So, tell us a little bit about what you keep. Yeah, uh, well, first, thank you guys for having me on the show. Uh, long, long time, long time <laughs> subscriber. Always, always love what you guys are doing. Long time listener, first oh, time dude, just Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, no, as, uh, as the name implies, uh, man, all I keep is chondros. So I'm a, I'm a green tree guy and that's, uh, that's what I got. Have six chondros right now in the collection and, um, man, hope to, hope to add some babies to the collection now, later, later you, this season. Are you a locality guy or a designer guy? I'm not, man. I'm, I'm a designer guy in, in my heart. I, uh, I like the localities and man, uh, there's, when you get just a pretty locality chondro, there's nothing better, but dude, I, I, my whole goal with chondros is to make them like as crazy colored as possible. Like I want to get as far away from nature as, as humanly possible. So that's, that's always my goal with the, the snakes I acquire and the, the breeding like projects that I, I want to get into is just the crazier, the better. Okay. Gotcha. So are you going more for maybe like blue line animals or are you like blacks or whatever, or can you even choose? Uh, dude, it, yeah. Any and all the, the, the snakes in my collection are, uh, the, the designers that I really try and focus on are the calico line. And so, uh, you know, way, way back long ago, there was, uh, a dude named Trooper Walsh and Greg Maxwell and um, just kind of some some godfathers in the chondro breeding hobby and they they spit out this crazy chondro called the calico chondro or um, yeah the computer chondro and so uh, from that the calico line started and so it's it's more of a bloodline than like a a descriptor necessarily but yeah the calico animals in that bloodline are just wild and then even if you are breeding that particular bloodline over and over again are you getting any type of results that are similar across the board or is it still no no it's they're (laughs) no dude they're chondros so it's a total crapshoot and that's that's like the greatest thing about it like i don't know i i uh I respect guys that do the ball pythons and you know, the, the like a plus B equals C like that's awesome. I am just not like wired that way. I, I want like X plus Y to equal something. I have no idea. Like I feel like every day with chondros is Christmas cause you don't know what they're going to change into or, or what you're going to produce or anything. So I, I like having the unknown, out there but 
That's just me. Multiple people on YouTube are saying something's going on with the sound. Can you hear us, or is it just lagging or something? Is it the connection, I'm or is it the sure. actual sound? I turned the sound off on this. Well, we, we may be picking up sound it. from the computer instead of the actual mics. I just want to make sure that it's picking up from the actual mics. So if we go into the audio, I don't know. I'll mess around with this. But um, So how do you make an investment in a snake and not know you know, what you're going to get. And it, they're not cheap animals. So no. How do you go about doing that? No. And, and the, the real kicker is like, you have a, you have a better chance at getting like at paying less if you buy an unchanged animal, but then you don't know what it's going to change into. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's part of the, part of the cool thing about chondros is you don't know what you're going to get. Like, and so it really is a cool crapshoot that you, like you're you're playing the lottery, man. Like yeah. it's awesome. And so, um, so yeah, like you know the the best way the the best way and really the only way to guarantee that you're getting like what you what you are paying for is to look at the bloodlines, look at the parents. Like that's why that's why chondro keepers like everyone in the GTP community is so adamant about lineage stuff and keeping charts and keeping records and keeping pictures. And, you know, it's like, I'm sure people outside of the chondros look at us and are like, you guys are crazy. Like a bunch of cult, like weirdos. That's somewhat me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude. Where it's like, like, why are you guys like keeping family trees on your snakes? But dude, it's like, that's the only way, like you can tell when you're buying a snake that's potentially going to change two or three times during its lifetime, like what you're actually paying for and what you're getting before it changes. So yeah, dude, that's, we're crazy. I fully yeah. admit chondro keepers are lunatics, but and then, it's like, awesome. And I've noticed mine still changes, even though it's like two years old, you'll see little subtle things happen. And when I've seen the sickness, you look at the sickness up there, yeah. which the sickness is one of Bill Stiegel's animals. But now it's a little bit more green. Like it's like, it's still changing. I don't know. When does it stop? That dude, sometimes they don't stop. Like, especially the, the Biak localities, snakes from the Biak islands. They're, they're typically the ones that are like the, the yellow and green blotches all over them. Yeah. Uh, man, they're, they're known to change like their whole life like six, seven, eight years, they're still changing and they're only halfway through their life. Uh, like if you're, you know, keeping them, keeping them well and good husbandry and everything. So yeah, dude, it, it never ends for some of them. Okay. So you, do you keep, um, your designer guys? So are all yours us captive born and bred or do you have some farmed babies? Uh, so I have all, I have, let's see. I have three males and three females, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, all of them are U.S. captive, born and bred. There's uh, two females that I have no like lineage information on, and they're just a crapshoot. Like I have no idea. But uh, I my whatever. A, a lot of the signs. Like they, they weren't parasite infested when I took them to the vets. Like they're super healthy. They're, they're good looking snakes that I got from someone that said, Oh yeah, it was from someone else. And so right. you, you assume it's captive bred, but in the chondro world, like it doesn't matter if you don't, if you don't have pictures of the parents, if you don't have like 
the dam on eggs. It's such a small community that you should be like, oh, that's this person's animals. Right, right, totally. And that's like, dude, when you're looking, when I'm looking online or like if someone shows me, uh, you know how like, like, uh, my wife, my wife was looking on, on her Instagram, like in, in her search function the other day. And she was like, she is not into snakes, by the way. But she was like, why? Like, do you see this? Like I'm getting green tree pythons in my search function because of you. And she, she like showed me the picture and I was like, oh, I know whose snake that is. It's this guy. Yeah. And like, and, sh- and she's like, what are you like, what are you talking about? And it's, dude, just from looking at a snake in, like, it's such a small community. It's so intimate. Like, just from looking at a snake, looking at the way a guy takes a picture, it's like, oh, yeah, I know whose that is. And that's cool. Like, it's yeah. it's super cool. Like, everyone in the in the Condro community is super supportive, like, super friendly, just really about, like, their Condros. They're, like you said, we're crazy. And in <laughs> some ways it's good. Some ways it probably has has bad implications, but... And I've heard, I mean, people always said U.S. Captain Born, Born and Bred are better yeah. off in your collection. But I also know people with a lot of farmed animals that are perfectly fine. Totally. Which, um, do you believe, like, you shouldn't ever buy Captain? Because that's what I used to think. But now yeah. I know so many people who keep Captain Bred animals, Captain Bred animals, yeah. quotations, yeah. that are perfectly fine as well. And they say that they're very hardy. Yeah. Maybe be ox or... Yeah, so, you know, I I don't have anything against the farmed animals if they're represented correctly. Like, I think the problem that, that you know, people in the chondro community get into, but I'm, I'm sure it spans into other, uh, other species and everything, is when stuff's not represented as it is. And so it's like, man, if, if all the, the importers and, you know, the people that get a, an undocumented snake would say, Hey, this, this is a farmed animal or it's an undocumented animal. I don't have anything on it. Then it would probably be fine. Like so many of those animals are awesome. I've, I've had some farmed animals in my collection that I, I sold and got rid of. And, um, and they, they were bulletproof. They were awesome. Like they, they were great animals. I got them, you know, I did the parasite treatments. I did all that stuff to make sure that they were healthy and, and that they were going to be up to par with the cleanliness that I felt comfortable with in my collection. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, it stuff goes wrong when people start saying, Oh yeah, like this, you know, this is captive bred or this is something that it's not. And, you know, whether or not they're doing it just to earn more money or, you know, to deceive someone or maybe they're just ignorant and they don't know, like that's when stuff goes wrong. And that's the unfortunate part is without the proper documentation, without the honesty of everyone selling, like, dude, you, you don't know. And so I think at least how I feel is that at the end of the day, it comes down to a guy's word and it's like. It's this guy in Indonesia, maybe on a farm, who maybe he needs to make this these sales to feed his family. He's got dire consequences, much more than we do. So sure. he collected he collected babies or whatever in the wild, and now he's selling them as captive bred, whatever. I mean, I think you just take that whole equation out if you buy U.S. captive born and bred. But 
Totally. Oh, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I absolutely believe in supporting the U.S., like, captive population. Plus, like, yeah, you're supporting guys like us. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, man, we don't, we don't, there's so many green tree pythons over here in the states like we don't really need a ton of new blood coming over we just need people to work more um, yeah we just need more successes like and you know that's gonna happen with you know more time spent less flipping over animals and whatever and so but you have to stay committed to pretty much i mean green tree pythons are a hard python species to breed compared to a lot of other things i mean someone like you who is focusing on it so intently. I mean, you need more people like that. Yeah, man. I, 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 like I was, I, I was telling you guys earlier, I have to keep reminding myself like, no, 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 stay focused on what you're doing because I, I get distracted all the time with, yeah. you know, the other species and, and dude, I go on these kicks of like, Oh dude, I, I gotta get some of these. And then I just have to remember, no, like you're doing okay. <laughs> like just breathe. These animals are are not for you right now. Like, and then focus maybe, on the chondros. Maybe something happens and then you get real pumped up again about chondros. And- yeah, yeah. And then, oh, dude, like right now, like we're we're about to go into uh, like breeding season and actually pairing animals. And so I've been doing all my temperature drops like during the month of September. And so October first, I'm gonna start pairing um, two of my males, and it's. Like I'm so jazzed up right now. Like I am yeah. electric for for breeding season and just, you know, can't wait. And you see it throughout, you know, the Facebook groups and on Instagram of other people doing it too. Everyone and so you just get up. you just get jazzed on, oh, it's time. Like, yes. And then, you know, a couple months later, you'll feel this lag again of like, ah, oh, like, but what about these animals? What about this species? And then all of a sudden people start hatching out babies and you're like, Oh, green tree pythons. Yes. Heck yes. And so you just get so stoked again. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's, you, you need those, you need those reminders, those, uh, those stoke moments where it's like, Oh dude, it's, it's time again. Would you say it's harder to stay committed to the green tree motivation than other, uh, species of snakes? Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I don't have a, a ton of experience in other species of snakes, but with, with green trees, man, it's, it's like feast or famine in a lot of ways. Like <laughs> you can, you can have just the highest highs and then the lowest lows because one, they're, they're not a cheap snake. Like they That's are expensive. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're definitely making an investment into the green tree python, like, you know, just culture and then you know the the cages aren't cheap the snakes aren't cheap you gotta have the thermostats to like really make sure everything's on point and then you know then they prolapse for sometimes no reason at all like no no nothing uh, you did wrong not the temperature yeah not the human, like not any yeah it's some, and then they get respiratory infections sometimes like they i would say that they Which, are a species more susceptible to respiratory infections not that it's you know, running rampant or anything, but, but it happens. But they are a sensitive species, and so, um, so yeah, I, I think I think it is hard. It can be harder to stay in that focused mindset mm-hmm. of like, oh, dude, I'm all in. Like I like I'm gonna stick with them no matter what. When you know when the tough stuff is happening, and then you know it's when you're breeding them, 
to get them to breed is one thing. To get them to actually lay eggs is another thing. To get those eggs to hatch. <laughs> like, oh, dude. It's you like get... the only snake where you are on pins and needles the whole time. Oh, it's dude. not like, okay, I put them in Bermuda. Because like it's most, work. most pythons, you just put the eggs at 88 to 89 degrees and you're good to go. Yeah. With green trees, everyone's like. Oh, dude, just... it's, it's a freaking nightmare. And then, like, if you even get the eggs to hatch... Then you have to feed them, and they're <laughs> tiny. They're and you're banging them on the head with a tiny little oh, pinky. Oh, dude! And and so it, like every step along the way, a chondro will make you work to stay passionate. But it's it's also the most rewarding thing in the because world because you put in that work. Yeah, for because it. you worked you for that. it, yeah. and you feel so freaking accomplished. Which for is it. something that lacks in the hobby. People want immediate gratification and money, so it's definitely not anything that you're going yeah. to. It's not an animal you're going to produce and then flip them over. You're not going to do that snake math where I'm going to make $1,000 no. this week. I mean, but it's also good because you see you see the like the the price of a green tree like it doesn't it, stays. it doesn't fluctuate yeah. really. Like, you know, the the bloodlines might fluctuate a little bit as as the genetics get less and less. Um, but dude, I mean, you don't see even the the farm bred chondros like they're right around that $300 mark they don't really go under that you know a, a captive bred chondro is gonna be five or six hundred dollars pretty automatic like mm, yeah wow and so <laughs> it's it's good because the hard work keeps the level up and there's not a ton of people that are successful doing there's it. it's not you don't just get a green tree python hopefully someone doesn't let you just get a green tree python but it happens a lot. So yeah. I think the bad thing is that with those farm bred babies is often you get people who will sell to anyone at a show. And then, you know, someone who may not have that much experience with snakes comes home with a green tree python. Yeah. So, I mean, what would you think, you know, what would you tell someone who's its first green tree python, like how to set them up and make sure you don't get into the common pitfalls that you see? Yeah, Totally. And you know, just to, like just to be clear, I don't think I don't think a green tree python is a bad first snake. You just gotta. You have put to be the, the you have to be the right type of person to do it, though. Like for me, I am super attention to detail with my snakes. Like I want to know, I want to know the temperature they're at. I want to like I am checking them all the time. Like to make sure everything is good, everything is cool. I'm keeping records. Like I am, I am a freak when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. Like, but that's my personality. And so for me, like I didn't keep a ton of other snakes before I got into chondros. But when I did get there, it was like I was that type of person to where it was okay. And so you know, people that that you know just you know want to want to hang out and say, oh yeah, like. I'll just buy another snake and and not pay a ton of attention to it. Like you're probably not going to be successful with a ton of different or with a with a a bigger group of of green trees. Yeah. So uh, for me, you know, once if you if you are like just because they're a sensitive snake, if you if you are attention like to detailed oriented right. you're okay with keeping records like you you can look at your snake and see what it's telling you then you're going to be successful with it and so just like any other python like or at least with the australian species like you're going to keep them uh anywhere from 80 to 82 3 4 
like at the max and then and i think i think what i found at least or what i've heard is that don't go too high you'd rather be too low than too high correct yeah you you can cook a chondro if you're keeping it you know at a constant over 86 even at like other pythons so you may say hey there's a python yeah yeah you if you if you kept a, a chondro like a ball python you'd cook it real quick yeah uh you know the the hot spots that that i have with with my snakes are right around 83 uh and you know people say oh my gosh that's so low like what if your snakes need heat well that like that's that's pretty good for a chondra like they they just don't need that much and so um another another like thing that people get wrong with with chondros a lot of times is that you think they have to have super tall cages so that they can climb up and down the trees where in reality it's it's better or more beneficial to have a super long cage where they can because they're they cruise horizontally up and down Mm -hmm. like like just within you know a, a two foot radius they cruise horizontally much more instead of like going all the way up and all the way down and so you know having having the temperatures, having the right cages, having a lot of clean water. Like I use relatively big water bowls and I change out the water frequently. Uh, and that's it. Like if you can do those three things and you know, you're, you're keeping your snakes healthy, you're getting them, uh, acclimated into your collection slowly. You're keeping them up with how clean you feel comfortable with, like doing your quarantine and whatever, like contras are, easy snakes once you get them set up like it's once you once you have everything dialed they're they're golden but it's getting to that dialed point that people get frustrated with and they're like i'm i'm over it like (laughs) yeah you don't just put it in a glass front enclosure and with a screen top and it's gonna be fine totally um in my opinion what i've found i only have one animal so it's like Everything, one tree. Let's one, just, yeah, let's one, one green like, tree. Way more than one animal. So it's like <laughs> I never like to draw conclusions, but from what's worked for me is fresh water every three to four days. Um, it actually doesn't matter how much humid. Like you don't have to keep the cage damp all the time. Yeah. Um, you really just have to have fresh water, and that tends to keep them from being dehydrated. That's yeah. what I've found. Yeah, around. man. Green trees are are super great because they they figure out drinking from a water dish or a water bowl. Like it, you don't have to teach them to drink. It's it, they just do it. And so <laughs> that's bring great. A horse to water. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if you let the water become stale or whatever, like they pick up on it. Yeah. And you know, just like any, just like any other animal, they wouldn't want to drink dirty water. And so, you know, I, I know, I know some guys that don't miss their animals at all. I don't. That's funny. Evan I, on Instagram just said he feels like people missed way too often. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely don't miss on the animal. I'm just so against that because yeah. I'm weird. Especially but. on Instagram, I feel like with green cheese, people, you know, there's a the picture color, and right, it's wet. There's yeah. colors because people want to bring out the colors. Rain, green tree, raindrops that's and big, drop tops. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's what it's all I about. I see so I think. much spraying. I'm just like, what's the point? Like they are beautiful animals alone. Yeah, like, you don't need to. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's more for they're, Instagram they're trying or just for what? Like, what are they trying to what do? They've heard. There's so much information that says to spray these animals down so much. They yeah. need high humidity. Yeah, people people mix up hydration and humidity 
like yeah. for being interchangeable and it's not like you can have you can have an animal in a superhuman environment that'll still die of dehydration because mm. it's not drinking it, it can't just drink the air that's around it you know yeah. and so the humidity can often lead to the mildew the mold like you know which causes even more problems uh where, you know, just having clean water in a total, you could have a desert environment with the right temperature and everything, but to be bone dry and just have a a bunch of water for that green tree to drink, and it'll still shed perfect every time and it'll be happy and healthy. I still, I I can't get out of the, the habit of it. I do spray my animals or I mist like the whole cage when they're like in blue, when they're going in shed. And I, like, that goes for all animals. Yeah, Sometimes dude. And you're I just, just like, yeah, I think I need this. Spray. There's there's <laughs> so many times when I hear like I've people say I've never missed an animal like never like all the green trees they don't get missed it. I'm like, I oh, I wish I could do that, <laughs> but I just can't. There's something in my brain that's like, no, I get like I'm gonna make it a little more humid. I'm gonna raise the humidity and increase like the amount of fresh water and it doesn't matter because it works for you so yeah and so that's what works yeah dude i yeah how do you feel about um putting your feeders in water i do it yeah i when i all my snakes eat frozen thawed um and i uh i do a a mixture of of prey items i i kind of alternate between mice uh like weaned rats or um even like um the one smaller whatever it is rats um and uh and i've been trying some of the reptilink stuff and i with with all those frozen items i thaw them in water and i offer wet prey to all my snakes take it straight out of the cup and offer it to the snakes i think it does help I, well, whatever. I'd like to think <laughs> it, it helps. It helps whether, there may be, there may be some water loss in between a frozen rodent and a live rodent, so maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it Who compensates. Knows? Who knows? It not might snakes. not do anything, <laughs> but it makes me feel like it's getting a little bit more water. Yeah, like it drank. Yeah. Someone asked, um, do you think putting it in the water affects the smell of it for the snake or anything? No? What, what I tried to do with corn snakes recently is I actually heated up tuna juice and defrosted them in tuna juice. That's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> that <sounds> but, <laughs> but that's for corn snakes, and sometimes yeah. they just really don't want to eat, you know, whatever smells like a rodent. Yeah, so. I would I would say it definitely does affect the smell. Like I'm sure it it affects the smell just because they they're so sensitive to it. But I. I don't know. Um, I don't think chondros ever have, ever have a problem with their feeding response once they get feeding. No, Someone dude. When a hungry when a hungry chondro is on, it's on. I have one that if if it's hungry and it knows it's time to eat, uh, the second I open out like slide open the glass door, it is like boom, like right in your face, just going. Where is it? So yeah, they once they're hungry, man. They they don't take any any problems to eat. Um, someone brought up that it seems on the internet um, that it's been going around that doing it in water affects the feeding response between your snakes. I don't. Do you I, want to do anything to I it? think if you have a snake that feeds well, it feeds well. I mean, I always do it in water, so maybe if I didn't do it in water, I would see some type of difference. But yeah, yeah, I I have no, I have not seen. 
the controversy online, nor have I. There's always a controversy. Yeah, nor have I experienced any any unfortunate uh, feeding, you know, response from having it in water. But on so. on the feeding subject, how often do you feed from baby to adult? Give some guidelines of maybe how to not overfeed or underfeed. Yeah. Or yeah, I think I think that's a, another big thing with the chondros is they're like because you know when you when you look at a chondro in its cage, like man, it is stationary, sedentary, like on that perch <laughs> for twelve hours a day at least like when when it's daytime it's not moving and so it's got this super slow metabolism unlike you know some of the colubrids or uh you know even even some of the the terrestrial like pythons that are Mm -hmm. are moving in order to like you know whatever temperature regulate or find food or whatever a chondro is sedentary and so they really don't need as much food um with with my snakes, an adult snake in my collection is gonna get one like relatively small meal for a python or for its size. I'll never give it a meal bigger than its body like its body thickness. Yeah. Um and so you know, not like like an olive python or a carpet python where you're like, dude, this thing will eat you know, a wallaby. Yeah. It'll eat a rabbit if I give it to it. Now these, like they are taking small meals and an adult in my collection is going to eat anywhere from like every 14 to 21 days, just depending on when it gets fed. Um, a younger, like a yearling or even a baby. Uh, I, I haven't hatched any babies. I haven't like ever had a fresh, like, like, out of the egg baby in my collection. And so, uh, I, I can't speak personally to it, but kind of the rule of thumb is with, with the babies, like for the first six months to a year, you're doing every five to seven days with a yearling and up you're doing every like 10 to 14 days. And then once it gets into that, that year and a half, two year mark, uh, probably two years is probably the safe bet. Then you can start going every 14 to 21 days. Like they, they really don't need a lot of food. And if you do grow them fast, they're, they're just delicate snakes. They have, they have more sensitive spines. They have more sensitive, um, you know, like, uh, just, In general, yeah, just, yeah, just, just like sensitive. their whole in, internal structure isn't meant to have, uh, a ton of food. When you hold them, you're like, this is a fragile feeling. Snake. Yeah. Yeah. I don't dude. know why. <laughs> yeah. It's but that's just my impression. Yeah. And so people, people make the mistake of, of over humidifying, under hydrating and overfeeding a chondro all the time. And those, it, it leads to a lot of difficulties, whether it's respiratory infection or prolapse or just straight up dying. Like they'll just fall off the perch and die all of a sudden. You're like, yeah. Whoa. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's terrifying. Especially if you just spent so much money on a yellow oh, yeah. or red. It's a heartbreak, know. man. Yeah. So I was wondering, um, cause it's hard to tell the body structure. It's on a stick all the time. Yeah. So is there anything you may look for as far as like the spine or body structure that you can tell when it's you're underfeeding, overfeeding? Uh, you know, I, with, at, at least with my, with my snakes and, and the snakes that, that I look at and think, man, that's a, that's a healthy looking snake. You can't see its ribs like 
when it's when it's perched or really when you're holding it like you can't see its ribs it's got like a good muscle tone but then when it's on the on the perch it's not like blobbing off like <laughs> it, like into the into the coils like the coils are nice tight muscular that's why um, I was so it's almost like cuz when we took the green tree out before like I don't take my green tree out that much so I was like, look at all the striations on the muscles. If this was a different snake, I would be like, is this too skinny? And then yeah. I'm like, I don't know about a green tree. Maybe it is too skinny. I no. don't know. I mean, dude, so, you know, obviously a, a snake in a box is different than a snake in the wild. But you look at the snakes, the green trees in the wild and the guys that have gone like into Australia and into Indo to study them and they're they're super skinny, super small snakes. Like green tree pythons are like the second smallest python genus. Like they are, they are not meant to be big pythons. They are supposed to be small. And so, you know, to, to keep them smaller rather than bigger, in my opinion, is typically a good move. I feel that for every snake. I think people just like to overfeed everything. They like yeah. to keep everything once a week. Well, all it's the a time. production thing and it's a money thing. Like the quicker you can get a snake up to size and breed it, the better your, you know, chance you are at recouping your money. And then you get in the habit of getting it up to size quick and then you just keep it on that same feeding regimen and all of a sudden you you know, you have a a 10-foot long carpet python that you know, you never see a 10-foot carpet in the wild. No. But just like just like you're feeding these prey items that are so jacked up and so like good healthy meals and they're fat, but in the wild you see these nasty little rats with ticks all over it and <laughs> yeah. the snakes are eating it. So it's like everything, you know, everything's so precise in captivity, but in the wild it's like just survival and these like we had that um picture at carpet fest that was up for auction yeah and it's like this snake has like a hundred ticks on it like parasites everywhere yeah, like, it was the grossest <laughs> pic like no one would ever want that picture because it's just like me. it's like having a picture of a homeless dude like in your living room like <laughs> this is not this is not a good display picture but at the right. same time it's like no that's accurate like that's... this is what it looks like in the wild and so and you have so many animals coming in with parasites from overseas it's like well, I think they just have a lot of parasites in general because they're because they're staying stagnant and maybe yeah. that leaves them up to yeah, dude, they're susceptible. Like yeah. when a, when a snake is just standing still, it's sitting on a stick all day long. It's gonna have parasites. It's gonna have mites. It's gonna have all this stuff come up to it and just latch on because it's not moving. And so uh, it sucks for the old uh, the old wild green tree <laughs> out there. It's not a it's not, it's an not easy an easy life. life for any of no, those dude. animals out no, there. They're but... they're in the hood, you know. <laughs> yeah. They got they got all straight types out of Biak, dude. Man. Yeah, straight out of Biak. They got <laughs> they got all those all those gangsters coming up to them and leeching off. So, mm -hmm. but that's why they're so cool, dude. Um. So someone on YouTube asked us a while ago, Diego Garcia. I don't know if you're still watching, but he was asking. Or, Obviously, contras are your thing, but is there any? <clears throat> sorry, I have no voice. Is there anything else you're going getting into? Particularly, he asked 
any lizards. What? I was like, we just oh, talked about dude, this. Dude, we just talked about so Diego. And, and if you if you put it into fruition, oh, yeah. verbally, it comes true. I hope Diego is still watching. Because, like, yes, Diego, we had this conversation he right was, before yeah. we started the podcast. Diego, if you are in my subconscious right now, <laughs> I, I am so upset with you. Because you're about to talk me into stuff. Okay, so... Uh, all I have in my collection right now is green trees and I have loved it. Like every minute I've loved having green trees. There's, there's been times when I, I start thinking, Oh dude, I want to keep this other Python or this other snake. And, um, and so there's definitely a couple other snakes that have caught my eye. Like dude, white lit pythons are so, <laughs> Don't, that's I mean, her thing. They, they are that. so high so on my list right now. Every, I feel like all of a sudden everyone has Dude. it. Like for months and months and months, I saw nothing about it, you know, but I feel like every other day I'm seeing a picture on Instagram and they look I could get awesome. on board with white lips and I would go, I would, everyone's in like the black white lip phase. I like the golds. I would go gold. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the golds are so sick. And so really love the golds. Uh, I've also thought about getting back into jungle carpets and doing like high black jungle carpets um, just because I think that they're so rad. But Diego, sorry, recently <laughs> to get on to your question, I have been really seriously considering uh, Texas alligator lizards. Uh, a lot of people are on like the, the Abronia side of things with alligator lizards, you know, the, the Mexican stuff, the cloud forest stuff. But here in Texas, like, dude, we have this crazy, awesome species of lizard. It gets relatively big. It's semi arboreal, like, and it is freaking awesome. Like they look like dinosaurs, just what? like, like walking around and the way they hunt. And I, my, my friend, Matthew Morris, uh, who's down in Austin, another big chondro keeper. He has some Texas alligator lizards. And so I, dude, I can't keep my eyes off them right now. It, it's dangerously close. Well, like like you were explaining, if you can set up some type of outside enclosure for them, do yeah. you know how you would go about that? Yeah, so I, it's, dude, it's already planned. Like, it's, <laughs> you it's, have it's, it. It's like, there, yeah. Go. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm like just a click away from some, from some Texas alligator lizards. So what's their feeding like, or eating? Like, what do they eat? Yeah, dude, that's the problem is lizards. All yeah, time. Well, they're bugs. like a bunch of bugs, man. And so, <laughs> you know, you get spoiled when you only keep snakes that are eating frozen thawed rodents. Like yeah. they're yeah. so easy. Like I won't even take a snake that eats live. I'm like, get that out of my face. Yeah, dude. I Cause I don't, I don't want rodents in my house. Like, like yeah. smelling up the place and dude, crickets smell roaches really? smell oh. they're loud and no matter they're... how hard you try there's going to be a cricket that gets out Dude, yeah it's You're never going to contain them yeah and so if yeah that's that's one of the big kickers right now is with with any of the lizards it, it's bug stuff and and so if i can figure out a way to do it all outside to have the bugs outside to have the lizards outside in a place where they can still thrive and be you don't healthy have to constantly feed yeah. or constantly clean yeah. And then you don't have to worry about feeding the bugs and stuff. Exactly. So that's that's my that's my my goal right now is to think through how do I do it. But dude, those alligator lizards, they are so sick. Are part they, of mine. Oh, sorry. Oh. I'm on are board. Are they all over Texas? Are they special to some parts of Texas? Yeah, they're they're more in like like kind of 
like West Texas and like West Central cool Texas. Yeah. yeah. Dude, all, all the cool stuff in Texas is yeah, down there. Funky. There's nothing. I mean, we talk about like green snakes and stuff. Really, really cool. And here we can get some emery rats. Like I was talking about before I found emery rats yeah. and Texas rat snakes. But really, if you want to get into the stuff that if really. You want to get into the cool Texas stuff. Baird's yeah. rat snakes, I really love. Yeah. Really. And Transpicos. Really Transpicos are sick. Ones. Uh, yeah, it's just I gotta get some of that West Texas, some of those West Texas yeah. species. Yeah, dude, and the variable king snakes, like oh, dude, gray bands, they the gray are gray bands are unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would, I would do Texas alligator lizards right now in a heartbeat. I would <laughs> also, expensive? uh, there's not a whole lot of people working with them. There's there's a handful, and they are expensive, which is another barrier into like. <laughs> You know, and so if I'm gonna keep a a new lizard that I have haven't ever kept before, I'm gonna pay you know whatever 150 200 bucks for it, and then I'm gonna keep it outside. You're used like, to that. You're a chondro guy. You take yeah, chances. but oh dude, but those... <laughs> you buy a red baby and hope it turns blue, and <laughs> yeah. then it turns green, man. But, but keeping like hoping that the look is one thing, hoping that it survives, <laughs> it survives. a Dallas winter is another. So who knows? Yeah, if you're the first guy who's ever kept an alligator lizard outside in Dallas yeah. and just crossing your fingers that I could see. Yeah, but so. if they're Texas alligator snakes, I mean, lizards, don't they survive outside anyway? West Texas is much more of a desert oh, climate. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, I don't think it snows very and often. maybe you need to provide some type of burrowing system where they're going to winter. I don't know how it yeah. works at all. I don't know anything. Do you see, that's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> So, Where do the people who keep them live? They keep there, them inside. There's, or? there's a yeah. They all keep them inside. There's a dude named Casey Lasik who he he keeps, keeps everything. everything. Yeah. everything that's cool. <laughs> Any anything that's cool, Casey has it. Fucking shingleback skinks, dude. He's got it. It's so he's got rough scales. He's got lizards. He's got everything. Yeah. And so he he has some some Texas alligator lizard babies for that sale. I sense. think he has the adults for sale too. And I'm like. Oh, Whoa. Casey, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> like, get this stuff off the internet so I don't have to keep looking at it. I mean, you would think there would have to be a way. I mean, the climate's not too far off. You could it's not too it far. It's, and that's, that's the thing is I know it's possible. So I don't know. We'll see. But you got to be willing to take that chance to make that Got to take the man. chance. Yeah. The other, the other thing that I would love to keep is like, so our, our, the Instagram that I upkeep is called Texas Condros. Uh, but the original Texas chondro is the rough green snake. Oh, like, I didn't know that. like <laughs> you know, the the original like the green, green tree snake thing, in yeah. Texas is rough green snake. So is that how you got into it? Like, yeah, you were just like, that's cool, dude. It was my first snake that I like actually kept. Like I, when I was a kid, I would I would go and catch like garter snakes and water snakes, and you know just catch them, look at them, and then release them. But the first snake that I actually had was a rough green snake. And so there's like this nostalgic place in my heart where I'm like, oh, dude, I got to get back there like to, green to, my, to my childhood. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I don't know. The, uh, the rough greens, I think they're super cool. They're bug eaters too, unfortunately. So, But I, I think there's something really cool about keeping snakes or reptiles in general yeah. that are from your area and keeping them outside. Like... In a big, in a big enclosure, like to have captive, like a captive breeding program of something that's local is so cool to me. Like, 
Dude, I I even though no one appreciates take, it, because like, I think it takes so much effort. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, and it's, it's like <laughs> with rough green snakes, like people use them as feeder snakes for stuff. Like, Ooh. you know, you 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 could buy one for ten or fifteen bucks at yeah. a pet store. But someone in my mind, actually, I'm like, dude, but that's just so brought cool. That up on Instagram and wanted to know how you feel about feeding snakes to other snakes. I do. I do it. Um, yeah. because, um, just with corn snakes, there's so many babies that there's always going to be birth defects and weird stuff that happens. Um, babies that I don't do it for babies that don't eat unless it's really dire. I mean, I'll try to get a baby to eat all the way up until maybe like two months. Then after that, maybe it's hopeless. Um, if I force feed and then it's still not doing well, maybe, but for the most part, that's going to be a birth defect thing. It goes right to the kink snake. The kink snake doesn't have to eat a mouse i mean to me a life is a life whether it's a mouse a snake a horse a chicken yeah uh you eat shit one animal died whether you know no matter what kind of animal it is so you can't rank snakes above mice at the end of the day in the wild if you're in the wild everything's food yeah everything's fair game yeah man you know i i don't i don't see a problem with it uh you know i i think there's i think there's probably a uh a good way to do it like I don't, yeah you know i i i don't enjoy feeding anything no like, i don't live. like watching things constrict yeah, i'm like, like you know I, i'm not i'm not <laughs> we're in, not enjoying yeah it. we're not, not fucking sociopaths yeah, i'm not into like <laughs> death and murder and whatever yeah. but it's like you know it, you there know, are those people though oh dude there are for sure <laughs> they're like uh, you know you get that's where you get that puppy video to the burmese python you ever yeah. see that one dude it's you're yeah. like you're a psycho yeah like this is this then is again, far this is beyond feeding I know, but then again, like, my weird um, objective mind is like, well, I mean, a goat's an animal, people have fed goats, uh, a rabbit's an animal, yeah. and a puppy's an animal. We just love puppies. Yeah, we just, just we're just super into puppies. This. Was there something you wrong don't with wanna, the, I don't want to see it, it, but was there something well, wrong it, with the puppy? Or no, they just no, did it? No, it just didn't. Yeah. I think it was see, in, like, an Asian country. Mind. They were like, we're going to eat it, or yeah. he's going to eat well, it. Well, we, there was something on, on, one of the, on one of the forums that was like, someone was like had kittens that they were giving away and they put it on a snake for them. Like, Hey, we're giving away. You're implying and, and you're like, kittens Ooh, are infested like with like that. Yeah. Oh, dude, they're dirty little animals. Yeah, Get dude, that away I'm, from my snake. Man, I'm not going to put a live kitten anywhere near any of the snakes with no. the claws they have. Cats and, are savages. Dude, Get yeah. out of here. Little tigers. Seriously. That's where my line is. Like, if something's wrong with the snake, you know, if it's going to die anyway, like it, or if it's already dead, you know, then all you those don't want a snake things. to go through prolonged pain just because you're right. like, oh, it should be alive. Also, yeah. like, but the snake may I'm not, not be comfortable. If, right. Like, I'm, I'd rather have it repurpose it for something else rather than I'd let rather it die give it more or life. put it in the freezer yeah. totally. and throw it totally. away. Like, but my line is like, if it is perfectly fine, I I don't like that. If there's nothing wrong with it, I feel uncomfortable feeding it to another snake. And I'm not going to sensationalize it at the same time. I see a lot of people on Instagram, like, they fed a snake today, so they'll send the whole video just because they know people react to that stuff. Um, I've fed plenty of snakes, but I don't feel like the need to sensationalize that because people love snakes. You know, I'm I'm not keeping king cobras. Yeah, they only eat snakes. Dude, if you you keep a king cobra, then you should probably feed it snakes. Life or death. Yeah, it's like... Do they eat any kind of other snake? I mean... Well, you mean other food? 
Like other, like, do they eat other food they items? Eat, like rodents and stuff? I'm I sure. Mean, no, I meant like, any, oh, any no, type yeah, of snake. Yeah. Like, they're not particular <laughs> to what type of snake they're into. Or... Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, I don't keep them. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I find, honestly, like, my kink snakes around this time of year, it just seems more natural that you have that they're eating a rodent, then they're eating a snake, eating a rodent. That's probably so much more natural for totally. them because they're eating probably half reptiles in the wild. Just like I told you, my corn snake who eats a knolls, she seems to operate so much better because I just believe that they're eating more knolls in the wild yeah. than rats because when you're that small, where are you? Are you yeah. raiding rat nests? No, that rat's going to eat you. Yeah, so me me and uh, Ian Bassell from S&J Reptiles, he, he's a... a big conjure breeder out in, in Florida. We've, we've been having a conversation, uh, in the past about, you know, small, like hashling chondros are so hard to get feeding one because they're tiny and two, because like there's no snake on the planet that is eating pinky mice, like on the regular, especially one that's know? in a tree. Yeah. Especially oh, a, a pinky mouse is yeah. going to show up. What? Like, w- like where on earth is our snakes finding pinky mice? Probably not often. Yeah. But so, you know, in in the wild scenario, green trees are like when they're when they're hatchlings, they're typically eating geckos. They're even eating some insects. Some insects. Yeah. yeah, some insects, some caterpillars, some, you know, small frogs, stuff like that. And so one of the things that that I've thought about doing just as like just as like a prolonged experiment would be so there's there's a type of gecko called a, a mourning gecko and it is parthenogenic so you mourn its death after you feed it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no i wouldn't i wouldn't mourn its death at all <laughs> but it they're they're parthenogenic so they don't have to breed like they're all females That's wild they just lay i didn't what? even know that yeah they I just lay eggs that. and so when they get to age they you know self self impregnate self inseminate who rules the world Girls. Girls. Girls of morning geckos. Yeah. <laughs> they all rule the world. That's so awesome. you could keep a colony of them. They're parthenogenic, so they're just constantly making eggs like That's as wild. they do it. And then as they hatch out, you wait for it to get X amount of size, you put it in the freezer, and then you have like a captive bred non pair oh and they don't eat bugs and so they just eat <laughs> son of a bitch i wanted to know this whole time and so they we're eat, going morning geckos they eat fruit they're parthenogenic and so you can get it to the point where they don't have any parasites and you can feed them to your snakes oh yes but we've opened a whole new dude don't, don't let them know the other the other thing is there's there's a gecko called velvet gecko and it sheds it doesn't eat its shed. Yeah, so like what? most most geckos, yeah. pretty much all the species eat their They'll shed eat as their it own comes shed. off, so that they, you know, they don't want to lay down their scent for predators and stuff Fashion. like that. Yeah. So. And so velvet geckos won't eat their shed, and and maybe uh, some of the other there's a couple others, but you can put like a gecko shed on a pinky or something to get get it feeding. Like you just cover it in the shed. Yeah. But I don't know anyone that breeds velvet geckos or even has one so um i think nick mutton keeps a colony for that I'm very sure. reason i'm sure but, he does. <laughs> yeah i mean i would love to i've been thinking about doing a knolls for a while because obviously i have some animals that just do a knolls but the fact is that i can buy it for six dollars reproducing them isn't going to be much 
Sure. Because they only lay two eggs at a time. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah. Um, I mean, they will produce a lot, but really not to the point where you're going to get it down to what a mouse. Totally. I mean, I would love to have some of these guys on a Knolls just supplement it. Yeah. But then they're like, I love that Knolls so much. They're not going to eat a mouse ever again. But I think that's what we lack in captivity is that we don't. We always try to make them eat mice and rats. Right. Other than saying, what does this eat in the wild? Yeah. And giving Instead it what of it trying to recreate wild. what... And, well, and so so Ian... The, yeah, the reason I brought it up is because Ian had this one green tree python that hatched out, wouldn't eat, wouldn't eat, wouldn't eat. So he started catching just the house geckos, like around his house. It would eat the geckos. And so that that one hatchling took like twice as long to go through its uh its color, color change. change and so it got bigger before changing and you know not that that's like this this big important thing but it started making him think oh man like are we are we putting them on this rodent diet too fast to where yeah. one that's on a lizard diet is getting something whatever it is whether it's good or bad are they are they getting something from a diet of lizards early on that is affecting them in some way that we should look into more? And so it it doesn't leave us with any answers. It just, you know. More questions. Yeah, more questions <laughs> of like, oh, but dude, think, what would happen? And but so, I think the cool thing is always questioning how you're keeping. You know, if someone was just like, oh, this works and keep on going, that's one thing. But you always kind of want to yeah. um, push the boundaries and experiment. At least I like to. But um, like I was telling you, when I feed my snake, my, the one core snake that only eats anoles, it doesn't want to eat for long. Like it metabolizes it and I feel like it absorbs more energy from an anole than it does a mouse. I don't know how. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, dude, you look at a pinky and it it's just a bag of goo. Like, <laughs> it is like a bag of, Ew. if it has milk in its stomach, yeah. it's just calcium. Dude, it's just but... a bag of milk. And yeah. so it's like, what? Like there's no bones, like there's yeah. no anything. It's just a goop bag. You learn that when <laughs> so, you start force feeding pinkies to little corn snakes, and then they explode in your hand. Oh uh, yeah, dude. It, and all so I'm left with is a little skin flap. So for me, it makes perfect sense that an an anole would be more nutritious because it's got better bone structure. It's got you know better muscle just because it's right out of the egg. It's yeah, you know. You, you see baby anoles running around like, dude, they're they're able to run. They're and then if go. you're looking, and I think it's also different if I have corn snakes that are originating in the Keys and in Florida, obviously they're going to start on anoles. Yeah. Maybe if you have a North Carolina corn, New Jersey corn, maybe they're eating crickets in the beginning. I don't know what they're I mean, eating, but yeah. they're definitely not raiding pinky nests. Totally. I mean, my, my only problem, maybe toads. My only problem with anoles is that you're, you're going to have to feed them crickets. And so yeah. then you're going to, you know, whether, whether we are so anti cricket, we're anti bugs. For here. me, we well, don't like bugs. And for me, it's like, dude, I I know that crickets have just parasites in their guts, yeah. and so the I didn't know that the first time, like, if you feed an insect to something, it's going to be parasitized. Like, and and some of that's totally normal for that animal, but for me and my like, you're taking for green trees. Yeah, I do not want no like, risk. The cleanliness that I am comfortable in my collection is no parasites. And in a way, you're making it more susceptible. You're not exposing it to all the things it would be exposed to in the wild if it was eating that stuff. So, like, you have an animal that's kept in a sterile environment, you better feed it sterile prey. I mean, that's why people always say, 
hey, I like caught this mouse outside. Hey, I caught this a knoll outside. I'd be, yeah, let's let's think twice before you yeah. feed that off. And so that's why these morning geckos, dude, I, <laughs> morning think, geckos. I think they're the ticket. <laughs> so you just have them. They just keep reproducing. Oh, it's excellent. Dude, see? The more you know. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's... I just... And with the... I mean, I guess you can explain a little bit with what you experimented with Reptilinks as yeah. far as... Oh, what kind of blend did you use at first? Yeah, so with, with Reptilinks, the, my, whole, my whole goal with Reptilinks was... Like, I, I wanted to have a varied prey diet. So normally I feed frozen thawed mice like that was that was what i fed exclusively for my chondros for years then i started adding in some some different mice like not just the lab grade mice but actually like some uh some different like mice from different wholesalers and then i put in some rats and what influenced you to start changing it up uh it was it was one of the it was one of the podcasts i i think it was um I think it was one of the Morelia Python podcasts that I was okay. like, dude, and talking with Ian Bissell, like just thinking about a varied diet and saying, you know what, like if I'm, if I'm a human and I eat a nice fat cheeseburger every day, like it's delicious, it's <laughs> awesome, but I'm not getting the same nutrition, you know, if I was eating a cheeseburger one right. day and a salad the next and pizza the next, like even though cheeseburger and pizza are still total crap, but like, they're different. They're different. They're different crap. <laughs> yeah, it's different crap. It's not like Mexican food where it's all the same crap, <laughs> just packaged different, different ways. But and so that that really inspired me to like consider what I am feeding my snakes, uh, and so I have I I started feeding like kind of alternating. Uh, like lab grade mice, lab grade, uh, and then these agouti mice. What is that? What is that? Agouti. I don't know. I, I ordered it from Reptilinks, so they have. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, yeah, so they have these frozen thawed agouti mice. I don't know. I don't know where they're from, what they do, but they're they're black. It's exotic. They're black mice. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I've I have no idea. They're different than white mice, but then, uh, I. Because I was feeding two different... Oh, so I, I had the two different mice, and then I have some weaned rats and some rat pups. Uh, and then, so I, I figured since I had the rodents covered, I would go with... I think I went with the frog and quail blend. Um, so then I have bird and reptile mm -hmm. covered into the diet. That is cool. And so, yeah. So I I have... I've had success with the Reptilinks. I unfortunately, I think I ordered poorly, uh, not in the blend that I got. the I, The snakes have eaten the Reptilinks, but I I wish I would have gone with the long links as opposed to the short stubby ones. Because when when like my big female Biak, when she grabs a link. She can't like she grabs it and she can get her neck around it, but then can't really wrap it up. And so then she is like, "What am I even holding on to? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. I'm gonna drop it." And so I I feel like if I had the longer links of the same of the same gram weight, it would be a different story. 
So what? what what I did with the reptilings, I did frog and rabbit. Because initially I was thinking for the hog nose. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, maybe the green tree will eat this. So it was the stubby ones. And I mean, it didn't work. Some of my snakes like didn't like the feel of it. And they'll yeah. try to eat it the wrong way just because it's stubby. But um, that's probably much better for the heavy-bodied pythons in comparison totally. to you know something more skinny-bodied. But I found that I fed my green tree that. And she just, it's such a dense meal. It's ground up animals. There's yeah. going to be more density to it. And she just wasn't hungry for a while. Like yeah. she just didn't cruise, didn't have that feeding response for, you know, at least two weeks. So. Yeah, totally. And so I, I've, I've had success with the reptilings. I, I think it is a good idea and a good, um, you know, a good thing for the snakes to have. I, I, I think having a varied diet is is a great thing for the snakes. But, uh, yeah, I, I, if I was to do it again, I would get the same gram weight that I did get, but I'd get the longer ones yeah. for the snakes where I think the, the shorter stubby ones do well for lizards and monitors and crocs. True. And you know, that's where it's just like, Hey, take this. And they eat it in one little gulp, True. something that needs to hold on to it in order to swallow it. I think the longer ones help. That makes so much sense. So, now, yeah, if I ever do that, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we try to make everything feed on the exact species of rat. I mean, you see ball yeah. pythons, they don't eat. And then you give them African softwares, which they eat in the wild, they'll eat those immediately. Yeah. And that's a snake that will eat exclusively rodents. Yeah. At least what I believe in the wild. Yeah. So. Well, and dude, you, you said you're having uh, Austin Warwick on next week. He breeds African softwares. He really? has he has a colony. I've gone and gotten does, some does from him before. Does he have ball pythons? No, that's no. what I thought. But he's so like it seems like that's what... he is into the ASF. Like, but from what I've seen, I've seen people who breed them. They're really big assholes. They'll like go and bite you. They are they are mean. <laughs> they are mean, but they they don't smell that mm. much. The smell is a lot better, and like they're they get the size. They they get like. You know, kind of, they're kind of the size of a small rat-ish. They're bigger than a mouse, smaller they're than a rat, smaller, yeah. and they don't have the super coarse fur. And so they're they're pretty much like the perfect perfect meal. Yeah, I mean, that makes total but, sense. And I know ball pythons, once you get them started on those, though, they never go back. Oh, they, sure. They like those so much better. I mean, it's their natural prey item, prey items. So, like, if anyone's thinking, like, yeah, I should get African soft furs, I guess you should be... Uh, cognizant of the fact that if you're giving it to a ball python it may never eat anything else yeah yeah at least from what i've, I've heard i've never i've never had the experience i i'm not i'm not much of a ball python guy um evan, <laughs> just me excuse me <laughs> just us <laughs> evan asked on uh, instagram before i had to restart it do you think rat feeding rats to chondros has an effect on prolats oh so i've heard the mice versus rat situation i want to hear what yeah so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Evan, what's up? Hey, dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, some people are adamant about not feeding rats to chondros because they think the coarse hair causes prolapse. And it could. I don't know. I've, I've had enough conversations with some of the old school, like, used to churn out a bunch of chondros, some, some like chondro legend type dudes that said, you know what, we used to, f we, we feed rats all the time and never have a problem. And so in my mind, 
I, I've been comforted with the fact that I, I believe hydration plays a much bigger role in the prolapse stuff in the, you know, just also, I mean, a rat is naturally bigger. Maybe they're going too big. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. And so, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like the fur of an animal is probably not a huge factor in the digestion process. Like, you know, with snakes are taking so much stuff, whether it's dirt and stuff yeah, like with that, dirt or pebbles or reptiles. Or... And so I, I, I just find it hard to believe that the fur of an animal is really like playing a huge role. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, if you're digesting like things like lizards and stuff with you know plated scales, yeah, I well, mean you would think that's very hard to digest. And bones, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, like bones the, fur? the bones <laughs> of an animal, like they gotta be harder to digest than the fur of an animal. I don't know, but yeah, there it it has. I I acknowledge uh, the the hesitancy because some people say you know there's there's enough like whatever just un unsubstantiated evidence to say oh well you know we fed rats and we got a prolapse and so i think it's worth considering yeah absolutely but is. but i for me i have enough comfort to say man an occasional rat i think is a okay thing it might not be a, a like huge health benefit but i don't think an occasional rat is going to be like some huge deterrent where it makes everything go downhill. I also think that probably, I mean, for an adult, would you think that a mouse is probably the perfect size? If you have a jumbo mouse, maybe that's, I mean, you don't have to go bigger than that, do you? No, no, I, I, with, so I have, I have one female that's big enough to where a jumbo mouse is, is probably just barely too small. Like she, she could eat a, a a big meal for her would be a like small bigger than rat. small rat yeah maybe. like just like just a small rat would be like <laughs> yeah. the ideal like size for her um and so yeah but with like like we were talking you know chondros are they're meant to be a small snake and so it's not it's not necessary some of them are going to get bigger than others and and it's great but dude there's there's dudes that they they breed their females like guys that have you know churned out a ton of con baby chondros over the years they breed their females and they only feed their females rats and they get 20 clutches of it or like 20 eggs per clutch and it's like, yeah, I don't know if they're they're doing it and they feel good about it. They don't have yeah. the health issues. Like, man, it, an occasional rat in my collection doesn't doesn't make me worry at all. That's the thing. If you you can't ignore the people who have been successful, just like you can take that and then go from there. But the fact is, I mean, clearly that's not a determining factor of your success. Yeah, it it, it doesn't seem like it's me. It's not enough to raise a red flag. Yeah. If I was to go like. Strictly rats, maybe. But when I'm when I'm just trying to vary the diet with some mice, a rat, and a reptilink, like I don't know, doesn't it doesn't concern me a whole lot. Question: Does a <clears throat> do shaved rats as feeders? Okay, it's like because it, we're talking about right. fur. Well, so they have so they have shaving they it? have hairless rats. Like, okay, just like they breed hairless rats. I've I've thought about it. Uh, 
of like what would it be that would take the whole situation out yeah, yeah. all right there's I, no fur yeah. to compl- you know what i mean yeah so. they look like little you know, and then if it was, prolapses without the fur yeah. then you're like what was what was dr biggles or uh dr biggles uh, mr biggles it was dr <laughs> evil's cat like, <laughs> yes, and yes. Then the, you remember kim possible there was a hairless rat yes was there? yes yeah. that that wait it was, that cartoon it was more than a hairless rat it was a hairless Mole rat. Mole rat. Here's mole rat. Yeah. Impossible. See, see, Clearly someone, 90s kids. There's a market there. Someone needs to breed mole rats. That will not be and us. Then, <laughs> and then they would corner the snake You market. hear that, people. Yeah. Someone. Someone. Yeah. Someone, someone out there. Someone the mole rats. Breed hairless rats and yeah. freeze them. I mean, that would be so cool if someone, if it was commercially viable, probably isn't, if you were feeding all types of different species of all rats rodents sure reptiles if you could you know just have a place where it'd be an emporium of weird like yeah. a reptile yeah, it's like a, it's like <laughs> a supermarket yeah it's a supermarket i mean reptilinks is kind of trying to go that way yeah. but full prey you yeah. know you I'm, can get i'm a fan i'm a fan of reptilinks just even the even idea if, the idea of it yeah. i'm i'm a fan of a varied diet with you know all the nutritional value put into a small packaged casing i I think it's I think it's great, and I think it helps. Um, we actually had a YouTube person comment <clears throat> earlier this week saying like, "I want to get a snake, but my parents keep rats and mice, and they just don't feel comfortable yeah. with, like, oh, feeding true. with feeding that to a snake." And I was like, "Well, what about reptilians? Like, it kind of gives an alternative for an people alternative who are kind of weird about who are, you know who like are not ready to handle mice or don't feel comfortable yeah. feeding mice." It's like, Reptilings to me, yeah. it's like dog food, kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. All of the sausage it's just ground up, fucking right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so I think it opens up a new market for people who are like, I like snakes, but I'm not cool with mice. Yeah, totally. And so it, you know, there's no one who'd be scared of a reptiling. Yeah, well, literally, it, you know. It like, <laughs> I was gonna say it dehumanizes the prey, but it like it's kind it of de- like if you de- pick stuff rodent, up and de- derodentizes the prey, where it's yeah. like, oh, like this isn't Whatever. an animal, it's. It's sausage. Like Which eggs. is preventing They're us from chicken. guilt yeah. all the time at the supermarket. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is ground beef. Yeah, this is ground like beef. Like it's not yeah. an animal. Right. So that's, not not a, this isn't a cow. Cow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a cow. Yeah. That's not those animals that I like yeah. to pet This isn't a pig. It's bacon. Right. Yeah. It's delicious. It's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I love bacon. It just appears, but you know. But I would never eat a pig. And like dog food, we were even talking, like you don't think as dog food is like, ground up animals, animals yeah, like it's just dog food like it's little yeah. little kibbles and bits <laughs> like yeah, just you don't think of that that's yeah. a weird human psyche that you probably like we should probably be more connected with us killing other animals so we wouldn't do it as often yeah. as we do yeah. but we have it, to it might change your diet we exactly. have to separate that's how we live with ourselves yeah it's we separate, justify everything we separate with, uh, ourselves from it make yeah. it feel less and then we real. see the farms and them being you know taken out and then people go crazy like this is cruel this is whatever well man like the world's gotta eat and yeah <laughs> i mean if you grew up on a farm you're probably pretty comfortable with that pig being slaughtered yeah. but i mean some people are so far removed with the fact that we have to eat animals to live that i don't know it gets a weird middle ground i think you should always be connected with nature and know you know what is what but and- how can you say we have to eat animals to live when they're vegetarians 
Right, but they're really pale. <laughs> um, yeah. Excuse me? And they don't have enough Look at who's talking. The two palace yeah. people. And who, and who really wants to talk about you know, vegetarian? <laughs> well, I think, I think if you do vegetarianism correctly and you really went deep into it, you can do it correctly. But I mean, I think in general, if you were out, if you're in nature, I just like to think of myself as a nice young caveman boy. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably take down a deer or something and yeah. eat it every once in a while. I mean, it's not probably for every meal like we do in America. Maybe it's, you know, once every while you go crazy and eat a bunch of meat. Yeah. And then you start foresting or what do you call it? Foraging, whatever the fuck the word is. <laughs> yeah. For berries and fucking vegetables. So Sure. And as you mentioned, it's National Cheeseburger Day. <laughs> yes. So everyone go so eat some meat. Oh. Make sure you're eating <laughs> your terrible. cheeseburger. This has been brought to you by the National Association beef. of Beef. <laughs> um, someone asked on YouTube, is it possible to make a ball python green tree pie? Like, Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I, I hope not. Uh, so if it's possible, someone's going to do it. I... Uh, yeah, I have no idea if it's possible. Green tree male, ball python female. I'm sure, I'm sure it is possible because there's, there's been green tree python carpet hybrid. But they're in the same genus, Morelia morelia. There's been ball python carpet. Carpet morelia with with python, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. The genus is python. And so, Maybe. I, I am sure that it would. But then, like, what does that snake do? Does half of it sit on the perch and the other <laughs> under a rock? Or I, they're so do you different. Have to, do you have to put a perch inside your hide? Like, yeah. So that it can hide and perch at the same time? You need to keep it at 83 degrees and 92 yeah. simultaneously? I don't yeah. know. The answer is don't. Please let's don't. Let's just not go there. Yeah. Let's, just, let's let that be. Yeah. I mean... Whether or not it's possible... Uh, there's, and there's it certain, says hell no. There's certain like, things that are possible that you shouldn't do. And no one wants that. Yeah. You're Dr. Frankenstein. So we've talked but about this a lot of times. Right, curiosity yeah. kills the cat. Like, in the snake world, there's just so much but curiosity. But all hybrids are so good looking. That's why it's fucked up. They're, yeah. I'm, I'm not against... I'm not against... I'm not hundred percent against it. Like all hybrids, I think. I think you know if if that's what you're into, then great. Like man, there are some killer looking carpondros, jagpondros, yeah. like even the like the bat eaters, the the Burmese retics. Mm-hmm. Dude, those are sick. There's there's some killer hybrids, um, but it's not my thing. Um, so someone I just said, stopped the line at diamond and jungle. Yeah, yeah, dude. All no, the like, like so many of the the carpet stuff. Is it is hybrids if you you want to get into it? With well, the they were all they weren't all separated before, so it depends if you're a lumper or a yeah. <laughs> a I mean, someone said that they thought if you did do that, it wouldn't be able be able to breed, and it's kind of like a liger, which is some of them. Yeah, some yeah. depends, reference depends on the depends on the species. I mean, because there's there's carpondros that that are a carpet and green tree that breed successfully um i don't i don't know how the sterility works what i found is that at least from what i've heard from people is it usually doesn't cross genus so but then again sometimes genuses change so like maybe sure because they're just just man-made we made up those genuses so it's like a certain amount of 
genetic variation or yeah. what would you call that variability from one species to the other there's just a line there so for the most part out of genus won't reproduce yeah and in genus will but I don't know. obviously carpet who can go anywhere with anyone even though they're different species and subspecies yeah. of whether it's a brand and then says like what that. about a I think he means brettle chondro, but he said battle chondro. Oh, oh, that's a rough scale green oh, tree. Never that would I would, happen. I would be all a, wait a battle chondro. That's it. That's the name rough, to the rough, rough scale, scale green oh, tree. Sorry, Has it been okay, done? Evan, sorry no. to correct oh, you. Gosh. Really did mean battle chondro. Makes makes me nervous. Uh, yeah, I. I'd love to see it. I wouldn't want a to be the person spending money on that project <laughs> because rough scales are super expensive right? and a green tree isn't cheap and then you're making something. That's, but, but sometimes the, the product of that, no one wants it. So it's yeah. like cheaper. Yeah. So, and so like, it's cool. like, oh, why did I do this? I don't like, yeah. I want a diamond, no, but keep, I can afford a jungle yeah, diamond. Keep the rough scales, keep the rough scales by themselves. They're too cool. At least for now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it was called a bot, a battle chondro because the rough scales are keeled scaled, kind of like the pine snakes. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you're having a chondro who has bigger keeled scales. Yeah. You would think. It's like maybe, a, it's maybe like it a doesn't. spiky scaled chondro. It's like a, the Viking of all chondros. Man. Yeah. Which I still don't get where the word and battle you're, comes you're from. You're using red and then putting it to green. What yeah. comes out of that? You almost want to see Christmas. it, but then you want to burn <laughs> it after you see yeah. it. Like you're like. We can't keep that around. Yeah. But I'm Did curious. we go too far? Yeah. So the big keeled scales is what? Why you called it battle? I'm confused. Well, because yeah. a rough Cause scale. Because it, it looked rough scale. It would be like an armor plated. You're still not making sense to me. Rough scales are rough scales. I don't. Where does the word battle come from? I don't get it. From well, like, just like it looks like like it's ready for battle. Like armor. Okay. 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 <laughs> rough scales have rough scales, so they have bigger scales. It's a great description of that. Yeah. Of that python. It's not just a clever name. It's like exactly no. It really what is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a rough scale. Yeah. That's. that's so it's great. like a keeled rat snake. Is a keeled. It's rat like a rat snake. snake with keeled scales. Yeah. It's crazy. Dude. Weird. As, you rough know, some people snake, try to. Yeah. Some people a, try to get real green fancy with these rough. names, and they'll name them after themselves. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. but. I just like names that say what it is. At least for me, someone who's like new to all this, he throws out all these names. I'm like, that it doesn't mean anything to me. Like, why can't the names just like mean what they do? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. obviously albino, I know what that means. But like motley, I'm like, I have what is motley? Like, what does that mean? Like, I have no connection um, to the word some motley. People use That's, cool like you just the need hurricane. To, or yeah, you need to get into green thing. trees because then there's no morphs. Red snake, yellow <laughs> snake. No, yeah, dude, it's it's red neo, yellow neo, and, or if you are super lucky, albino. Like a thousand dollars and prey. Yeah, and so it's just there's no morphs, no nothing. Straight, straight up surprise every time. You have no idea. Drive me, it would drive me crazy. Dude. So how do you decide with like? I mean, obviously, you said you didn't, you haven't had any babies, but if you were to, like, well, yeah, but he's bought babies. With I know where with, you're going. With selling it, since you don't know what it's gonna look like, yeah. how do you decide on selling it? How do you decide on your hold back? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you make it's, that decision? Because you literally have no idea what it could be. There's no. That's a great, a great point because it's true. You you don't know, and so there's plenty of chondro keepers that will hold all their babies back until they start changing. And so then they're kind of getting a taste of it and then they see, oh, okay, this 
this one's going to be special. This one's not as much as I thought. And so you then don't want to sell, it, sell then, the sickness as a baby. Right. Then, oh, oh, dude, oh, can man. you imagine the heartbreak? Yeah. But then once you see what they're going to do, like you're going to hold on to the Even pretty more, ones right? and <laughs> you're like, you're going to sell the uglier ones for less. For and less, so it's less yeah. money, which, you know, so if, gambles. if that's what you're, you're driving for is like, to, to earn money in your snake hobby. I don't even think pay the condros are for you in a way if you're yeah. looking for that quick. But cash. then the other part is, okay, well, you there's certain things that you can look for or, you know, maybe maybe some things that, that uh, might show up in a baby that you could say, well, I'll take the chance and I'll hold on to these and then I'll sell these and just see what see happens. happens. So, yeah. what, so it's a crapshoot. So again. the determinator I used when I picked out my chondro was... Okay, this as a Neo has this black and white stripe down the back. And then you're like, okay, so that part is technically supposed to turn blue. Sure. Did not happen. <laughs> so, but I digress because I look at some of like Marshall Mendes' babies and they are such dark red. And people believe red babies are going to be better than yellow babies. Yeah. I like red I don't know babies. if there's any tru- truth to that. But they think that when they turn color, they're more attractive in general than yellow babies but then there's some dark red ones some yeah. light red ones yeah do you have yeah, any so, preference so within within the designer morphs if you not really morphs within the designer lines Thanks. of converse, <laughs> yeah like one like what word do you typically that a a like huge generalization would be that the darker red neos babies are more likely to produce a more extreme phenotype like look of a snake when it changes so the darker it is the crazier it will be like so when Mm. when someone hatches out all red clutch of babies but there's like cherry red and then there's like they're gonna hold on to the they're gonna hold on to the black ones the per like purple dark maroon red ones will be their holdbacks for sure if you know whatever if they don't hold back all of them and then the lighter red ones the you know ones that might be less patterned or heavier pattern like one of the other things with with baby green trees is when you look at a clutch and you see a bunch of them that are kind of similar but then there's one different whether it's more patterned or less patterned Guys will typically hold on to that and say, this, this one is special. different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it's again, it's a total crapshoot. Like, con- keeping chondros is <laughs> playing the lottery every time. Yeah. And so, like, that's the excitement of it. You like, just got to be so into chondros in order to take that chance. And you'll see those babies. Like, I've seen some babies yellow with red around, like, the edges of the yeah. pattern and stuff. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. what goes on? Like... Totally. They call those, those are blaze. So there's, there's yellow, there's yellow <laughs> marketing neos. terms. To... Yeah, totally. There's yellow neos, there's red neos, and then like kind of the in between the yellow with the red, like striping down the back would be kind of the blaze. They're like the intermediate in between. Blazer. Blade. Balmy blazer. Blazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so do you feel like green or chondros are some of the hardest babies to buy because so many people are holding them back. They, they go through such a 
radical color change where it's not like you know a lot of a lot of the snakes like even ball pythons uh or carpet pythons you said it not me carpets get <laughs> but yeah, nicer even with a carpet python like right when it hatches out it's it's not what it's going to look like mm-hmm. like they color up you know and then a lot even of even four years will look the best maybe maybe two to four yeah. years looks the best and then they get worse from there totally so but it's like a, even a, a like highlighter like yellow and black jungle carpet baby might start out kind of kind of black and white or like black and cream Damn, colored yeah and then it it goes into that and so you know, you can kind of see and guess like, oh man, this one is going to be special. But with chondros, it's, they look nothing like they're going to look. <laughs> like there is no indication. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it really is like, if you if you want to live life on the edge, if you want to be the most <laughs> this extreme, is the see, this is it. If you want to, if you want to play the lottery. You have $600 to blow. Hey, yeah. come on. Blow? You still get an awesome snake. Yeah. Either way, yeah, I'm happy with the green snake. Dude, I got my green snake. And I'll that's the thing, dude, even, even like, you know, you know, there's, there are some carpet pythons that are flat out ugly. <laughs> like like from what they're supposed to be like there's yeah. there's some ugly like, you can tell immediately a dog shit jungle and a good jungle totally yeah but with green trees man in they're my in my nice opinion to me they're in all my nice. opinion I there's not a bad one I like love them all. even a like a stereotypical like mutt green tree with you know blue and green and white like dude it's Dude, Gorgeous. when I was a little kid, all I wanted was a green snake. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that there could be blue stripes down. I didn't know there could be white blotches. I didn't know it could be green and yellow. All I wanted was a green snake. And if I saw a biak, a green and yellow, I'd be like, ew, like I want that green one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something I always wanted, just a green snake. Totally. Well, how many but of us like, we... grew up reading reading nature books and we saw like the emerald tree boa or <sighs> the green tree Love python them. sitting on a stick and you're like, dude, that's it. Like, man, that is the most, you know, even like the Adam and Eve serpent, like that yeah. is the stereotypical snake. Is like just you always think of a snake, snake as green. And then when you get into snakes, you realize how rare it is right. for a snake to be green. Totally. Right? Like Google any like, you know, cartoon drawing of a snake. It's green. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so, just... dude, the, the chondros, like they embody the like stereotype snake. snake. And yeah. so it, there, there is no such thing as an ugly green tree, in my opinion. I'm I sure agree. there's. Evan there's also brought up that like when you're buying them, you're looking for a color, but also genetics. Like who? Totally. That's a big thing in chondros. Like who's it coming from? Yeah, it's it's huge. Like we we already touched on it a little bit, yeah. but yeah. it's like man, if you know when when you're picking out the babies, or if if you were to buy a baby chondro, you're going like you need to ask, hey, what did the parents look like? Hey, what what did their parents look like? What type of genetics are in the snake so that I have a better Basis idea of, of guessing like, <laughs> what it might look like? A better guess you know? of what ultimately is a crapshoot. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you want a blue chondro or a yellow chondro and like – then you better be sure that there are high blue or high yellow adults somewhere somewhere in its lineage. And is it, I've heard um, 
you almost want to look at the grandparents instead of the immediate kin. I don't know if that really? makes any sense or the immediate parents rather. Yeah, I I've heard that too. I'm not I'm not sure <laughs> if it really means anything because people just look too hard. Because into the it blood, like the bloodline, the genetics are in there. You know whether it's from and and so I well, I think it's a healthy exercise with with chondros especially to go at least two generations if possible just to see. But man, in like if you know if I produce babies this year, then. Man, I'm gonna have with all those babies. I'm gonna have their entire genetic tree back to as far as I can go. Like, are you going all the way to one. like trooper? Like, yeah, if you have those to animals, the first yeah. import that happened, like that's that's as, what's up. As I just far like, as I can go, so that people I don't care know. about the look of it. I'm like, that's fucking cool that you. Yeah, know, dude, I just love the history. What it's like, people do it with for. with dog breeding. Like, dude, you you buy a champion line dog. Dude, they have their stuff together. Like every single dog in that family tree is documented. Or like my and horse came from Sea Biscuit. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. You can trace it all back. And so it's the same. It's cool just to know that. Yeah, yeah it's, nice. it's it is cool. It's like you can see, man. Who are the who are the people that have like, you know put work into and this And what we're line. going back to is, if you're going back to Trooper Walsh, you're going back to the guy who's like, how do I incubate this egg that I get? How do I keep yeah. this python that no one else can he keep? Was, like, he's doing all the experimenting so we get to He was incubating snakes in mason jars. Yeah, like, yeah. Putting what? gravel in mason jars we'll and like, like yeah. yeah, like, I don't know how it works. Let's give yeah. me that glass jar and let's see if we can put it in there. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's super cool to know like, Dude, this like this snake that's in my collection has a family tree that goes all the way back, and I can see how many like generations of captive breeding went into getting this thing. That's cool. That's super cool. I, I think people look past how dialed in we have it in comparison to what it used to be. Like when you have the Barkers, when it's Eugene Bissett, Trooper Walsh, I think people really need to go back and think about the history of snakes. I can keep snakes like 10 different ways because I know people who keep them successfully yeah. all those different ways. But like there was once where we barely knew how to keep any snakes. And like it's yeah. so impressive that we've got them down well, so and, much, man. And then you think about that there's still snakes that we have no idea how to keep. That's like, true. Dude, you look at the Boland's python that people are wild about. I mean, dude, it... Bolins would be. I understand, but my, if, if that my top. Of but if life. that snake reproduced readily, people would be like, ah, whatever. It's that it's elusive at the same sure. time. Sure, dude. But the black, like, oh, the black on those. <laughs> what Bolins is it about pipers. black snakes? But I'll, I don't but know, I'll, dude, I, I'll, I'll keep a jungle it. all day. <laughs> yeah, sure. If yeah. you're looking right at it, but you know it's a Bolins pilot, you're like, dude, fuck it's yeah, so sick. <laughs> but dude, they like. We don't know how to keep them. We don't yeah. know what the secret is. We haven't cracked the code yet. Is and it elevation? No, because they tried a prozox to keep it in Colorado at elevation. Didn't work. You know, it's an animal that stays probably a lot cooler than people would expect um, at high elevations. Yeah. Um, but and, know this, man. and then there's like like the dragon snake. Have you seen those? Oh, like the dragon, dragon rat, rat snakes. Snake? Dude, if I had balls. Yeah, I would but, do that. But, but I don't have any no balls. one. But no you know, balls. and so it's like 
you know, the cool thing. Because you have to kill 10 of them before oh, you yeah. get what? them. But that's the cool thing about the hobby is like, man, there's there have been people that took the species that we now keep so readily. Easily. And and dude, they they hustled to get these species. Trial and error too. They're like, oh, it died. Into yeah, a, move on. A, a captive husbandry, like, you know, ability where we can keep them. But there's still species out there that... Like, if you want to be a freaking trailblazer and and try and do dragon rat snakes... Dude, we couldn't even do breed, it. Like, we couldn't even breed ringneck snakes if we wanted to. Yeah. The, the most... The snake that you can see everywhere in North America, no one gives a fuck because you see ringneck snakes everywhere outside. Yeah. But no one's casually keeping them no. and breeding them. There was even an albino that they found. No one bred it because no one can keep it. It's a little snake. What do I feed this thing? What do I do? Yeah. No one knows. Yeah, but, but no it's so cool. Them. Like, dude, Seriously. I love that. And like, rough, like rough greens are kind of the same. Yeah, I hear rough, people are yeah. kind of like, they're like, why would no I, would, there, why would like, I want to try and like bang my head against the wall and breed this thing when I could just buy one for 15 bucks? Out of the wild. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, because. Cause it's sick, you know. <laughs> like let's let's do it. There needs to be, unfortunately, some economic force yeah, behind you know what people like. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy a bunch of rough greens and just have a colony. Dude, get those blue ones, man. Like who doesn't? That's the most beautiful snake I've ever seen. Blue. And it's just out there. Blue, dude. And I just found one when I was running. Today. Yeah. Like, blue in nature. Fuck is, off, people. Let's start awesome. keeping rough green steaks. Dude, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not sure what this means, but Evan said Carolina Blue Grasshopper Mr. Blue. What is... Yeah. So those, those lineages? Are, yeah. So those are like... Those are big, huge, like awesome... Like the, the cool thing in green trees is like people name their snakes and those those names mean something so like evan evan is super into blue line yeah chondros like he his dream is to like have these blue line animals that have lineage that dates back to grasshopper who was this crazy blue animal or godiva who was this crazy blue line animal or mr blue who was just the most epic blue snake of he all time mr blue yeah apparently. he was mr blue <laughs> and so it's like it, it's, that's a trooper wall snake correct mr blue or uh it? yeah maybe it, i think i think mr blue might have been tim morris but don't quote me on it because i don't know so but yeah like that it's it's super cool and so it's like <laughs> i don't know there's there's something inside of you that's like I want to have history a snake that enters into history. Like, Dude, if I had a jungle that was from CoverGirl, which if people don't know, that's a Casey yeah. Lassig animal that was on the cover of Reptiles magazine. Fuck yeah, I'll have a fucking CoverGirl jungle, totally. bitch. Get or, out, I don't care what it looks like. That's a CoverGirl jungle. Dude, or like thinking even further down the line, like what if, what if I had a snake that I named that 20 years from now people are saying... Oh, cool. this this came from yeah. from the Geronimo line that Mark <laughs> Hager had. Like, dude, that would be so sick. And so, you know, there's that drive inside of you of like, dude, I I, I want I want a piece I want a piece of the past. Like, I want to yeah. I want to have that, but I also want to. I be love in. herpiculture history. Like, oh yeah, because I just know how hard people. But like in 20 years when my male is going to be named Moose Jaw now and people are going to have the Moose Jaw animal. Right. Like, Sonic. oh, like 
where did this, where, what's the lineage of this animal? <laughs> oh, it includes moose jaw. Holy shit. Fucking the moose jaw, dude, dude. do you know the history of that animal? It started in an apartment in Dallas, Texas. They were keeping them in tubs, dude. What? Now we're keeping them in, you know, floating, floating, like who knows what. Floating bubbles. Like, think about how hard those keepers had it when they were keeping their snakes in tubs. Yeah, man, they tubs. had heat tape, bro. Yeah. What is that? Fires, man. Yeah. Get out of here. We keep our snakes with plasma now. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? But it's, a, it's cool to have, like, the history of it and to think even further into the future of, like, dude, my snake could be... And the, and the effort I put in could be a part of the history. Like, that's true. rad. Like, if you try hard enough to line breed your animals and you can make your mark on generations and generations. Totally. So, like, John Battaglia, he... But I just... I'm a little drunk. John Battaglia, <laughs> right? <laughs> Battaglia... Too many vowels. Yeah, um, I'll take it. Yeah, so like he has the gamma line. Mm-hmm. The gamma line will go on for oh forever, years and years and years, and that will always be something because Absolutely. I don't know how you can make any animals that look better. I'm sure someone will figure it out, but that look better than gamma jags and stuff like that. Like yeah. he has made something because he's so selective because he only keeps so few animals, which is something that you do also, which I think is interesting. He keeps so few animals that he has such a corner in the market and like his animals are so good that he's going to last. That line is going to last. Yeah. You know, I, I I think, you know, I, there's, I was going to say there's two types of keepers. I don't know if it's, I'm sure there's more, but in in my (laughs) mind, in my mind, there's like kind of the, the species specific keepers that get so locked in and just laser focused on one thing. And then there's like kind of the, the, Noah's Ark. The Noah's Ark, the, just the smorgasbord. Like, man, I, I want to taste everything. I want to have a little bit of everything and just, you know, have, you know, see see what's awesome, what, see what's out there. And not that there's one way that's better than the other. I think some species probably you're going to have more success with them if you The people focus who make more. the mark, I feel, are the ones that concentrate on the one species the one and you do the best. I feel like the ones you remember, you know, we talked about this kind of But then again, last Eugene Bissett didn't do we that. We talked about this last week with Ryan a little bit. Like, yeah. he, right now, Ryan he only Sullivan does is known as, like, Texas retic man. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, and then also the ivory And the guy. ivory in general. Yeah. So I feel, I mean, at least... I feel like the ones I remember are the ones who have that one that they totally they put in all their eggs into that one. And, and I think and I think that goes into I mean just about any aspect of life where it's like, dude, if you want to be the computer guy, like quit messing around with your bicycle. Like, <laughs> yeah. like quit fixing bikes in your spare yeah, time yeah. and just pour into computers. If you go a hundred percent in your one yeah. direction. But if you if you just want to be a tinkerer, man, yeah. have a com- ha- fix computers, fix bicycles, fix Then that's cool fans. if you're having fun yeah. doing it. You just totally yeah. and so, you know, I, I don't again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but for me, I, I love I love the allure of like Dude, I want to make the craziest looking green tree pythons yeah. and and just do like amazing, beautiful things with them. And I think that's what, even though I keep so many species, we're really trying, especially on like Instagram, you see now we do mostly corn snakes. Yeah. Because like we're realizing that we need to be known for one thing. So it's like we're the corn snake people since we're producing the most corn snakes. Yeah. It's no 
it's kind of hard to say I'm posting jungles, I'm posting carpets, I'm posting green trees. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say this guy just likes snakes well, and, to where I'm the green, I'm the corn snake guy. Well, you and know? your corn snakes are like, I, I would say knowing, admittedly knowing not much about corn snakes, but I would say your corn snakes are like the the like hot point of your collection. Like your corn snakes Clearly, are, you know. are super good looking. <laughs> where it's like you, your jungles. They're really, really ridiculously they're good looking. Really, really ridiculously good looking. <laughs> like your jungles are awesome. They're great, but they're not like. But I'm not gonna blow anyone away with yeah. jungle carpet. But dude, man. your your corn snakes are awesome. And so, man, uh, for for me, the way I'm designed is I would be like. Oh, dude, this is it. Yeah, and I I hold on to I'm like I say my precious. The like, thing I is, hold like on the the snake that I have, there's no pied gene in anything, but it shows up a little bit in hypo and a little bit in blood red. But I'm confident that animal over here is just ultramel, and there's pied in it. So I'm like, I have to do something. Like this is mine now. Yeah. And then all the ultramel stuff is, I just really like the way that it looks. But I'm like. This has to be my thing. Yeah. Like, See, I'm with you. I have no idea what he just said. Not a clue. <laughs> See, for once, I actually what know what said. that means. But, well, because they're right there. Because they're ours. I now I know what that it. means. And so, I, that's, dude, I love, I love getting hyped about what people are hyped about. Like, whether it's snakes, whether it's whatever. Like, yeah. I love getting excited about things that excite people. Like, it's I could cool. like stuff that I would never like if someone who loves it tells me about yeah. it. I'll be like, I respect that so much because I feel that way about yeah. so many different things. Oh, totally. About, you know? So it's like, I just feel like once you get excited about something, go with it and run with it and fucking tell the world yeah. about it. It's like, man, why would why would you want to waste time doing something that you're not, not enjoying? Like, dude, figure out what you want to do, work with it, and just yeah. be the best like and if it's collecting one of everything and you're good at collecting one of everything and keeping it healthy and keeping it awesome and you love it then yeah heck yeah keep adding stuff if you're like, like the barkers who just first python to breed this species this species yeah. this species they breed every python that's cool too because you're still moving the hobby forward so absolutely I think what you have to do is look at your microcosm whether it be corn snakes whether it be the hobby as a general but always move it forward you know that's why you're trying to feed green trees all different kinds of shit because you're totally. trying to move forward you're trying to make better animals so it's like i think if you're doing that no matter what that's gonna pay off and that's yeah. the right thing to do yeah well and dude you know what maybe it doesn't pay off but i enjoyed it but you're still yeah and, and you're so still not doing the status like, quo it's, so it's still great and, and it's like even if you even if it fails you show other readers don't do that you know what yeah, i mean it's still, totally failures move the snake world as a whole forward. Yeah. When because we disclose them, yes. I, I think a big True. part of We used to be very, very closed door. People are so, changing. so adverse to sharing failures. Well, because and the public at a whole will say that guy you. is Johnny Mites and yeah. never get a snake for him. Or, you know, I can say I failed and I made my green tree prolapse. I fed it too much. Don't fucking do that. You yeah. hear my voice right now. Don't do that. Yeah. You know, like, because I fucked up, so now you don't have to. Sure, hopefully. totally. And it's like, even man, though a thousand people have prolapsed at green trees before, but oh, yeah, way I more just than didn't that. Know it somehow. Totally. And so you know, it's like, man, we we only we don't know what we don't know, 
and we only know things once so we know failures. it. Once, once we learn. Yeah. And we only yeah. know it from failures or success. Like that's the only But like there's no it. failures as long as you move on yeah. and that's yeah. a lesson to you and you, you know, change whatever went wrong. Yeah. And so it's like, man, I, I know there's tons of people that have had bad experiences with green tree pythons or have heard secondhand about bad experiences. Right. But, it, you know, if if you had a bad experience with one, but you had a good time keeping it before like man maybe you can learn something and then still have a good time when you actually fix what you did wrong like as long if as you, you want to love the animals yeah. and still are if you want to keep them it. but you're just gun shy on it man keep them but just figure out what you did wrong like i don't know do your research wow. clearly clearly with green trees no matter what you're taking a chance if you're yeah. if it's your first green tree it's so nice having that person i mean u.s captain born and bred is one thing but having a person that bred it and you're able to come back to them and ask questions oh, totally. is so invaluable. Like I would do it's probably more valuable than, than being captive bred or US captive snake. bred. Yeah. yeah. To have to to have a captive US captive born and bred animal to where you can then go back and talk to a US breeder who did it, who started that, Clearly that baby. Yeah. Oh dude, that's invaluable. Like to have someone to talk to an actual person and not just a forum where everyone's weighing in on their own different opinions, whether it's good or bad, but to have someone who was successful speak into it, say, Hey, this sounds like I, what you're doing, right? This is what you're yeah. doing wrong. Now, how do you like, how do you feel about and, going and on? Honestly, I feel like, if it's a breeder that bred your animal, I feel like just take his word for it. It's easy to ask a bunch of forums and get a bunch of feedback from people who may not be the most the most knowledgeable and random people. Anyone can comment on Facebook, right? Yeah. But the thing is, you're asking the breeder who's been successful before. Just take it right from his mouth. Go with it. Once you get that underhand, then you can move on from there. So it's like... It was really foreign to me when I had my baby Condro to where I had to, you know, I was like, Ben, it doesn't seem interested. He's like, well, you know, just hit it on the tail and then hit it on the head. Yeah. And I'm like, that would make any other python not want to eat anything. Any other snake would be like, no, I don't want to eat it after that. And yeah. Condro's like, fuck yeah, that means it's on. If yeah. you're hitting me with a pinky, I'm like, what? Yeah. I didn't know that. And like, you know, that was, that was Ben's animal that he got to eat doing a certain Initially, routine yeah. and so then you were able to go back to ben and say hey it's not eating for me what do i do he says well man i got it to eat doing this thing this way do that right. and you did it and it worked and yeah. that's great and then if you can keep the way he's keeping also i mean you're starting off well what you want to do is have a base to where you're like this animal is obviously thriving in captivity and then Maybe you can adjust from there if you want to. Like for totally. me, I want to go to ambient temperature, but I mean, that's someone, I mean, that's your own fruition. I mean, you don't have to do that. Yeah, totally. And so it having, having the experience is like to have someone speak into how you're keeping it, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. That's huge. That's invaluable. And to get a snake from a U.S. breeder to where you can go back and ask questions that's huge. And then, you know, even even the the really cool thing about Condros is you can go back and figure out who are some of the big names in Condro breeding. You can, you know, if you you know, you have a question, you can go back and look at, man, Buddy Bushimi 
has produced so many chondros. Like, I can ask him a question. I can ask, uh, you know, any of those guys. There's probably more, but off the top of my head, the people that I think that consistently produce chondros are going to be Bill Stiegel and Buddy Buscemi. I always see them producing chondros over and over every year. Yeah. Go to those guys yeah. because no one else is really doing that yeah. right and, now. And Besides, Bill, obviously, Rico left a hole. Totally. Where... And Bill's only been doing it for a handful of years. Like, Bill produced his first clutch of chondros maybe like four years ago. But that's clearly an attentive guy who knows oh, yeah. what's he, going on. He knows the snakes. And so, yeah. Buddy Buscemi, he's been doing it forever. Marshall Mendez has been doing it forever. Matt yes. Morris has been doing it forever. Like, and those guys are still in the game. He's they're valuable, still, man. They're still crushing it. Yeah. And so it's super cool. Like, and they're they're real people that are really passionate about this species of snake. And you can go to them and talk to them and ask questions. That's awesome. And so, yeah, if if you are into chondros, like if you want to learn more, the MVF, the it's yeah. Morelia Viridis Forum, is invaluable. Like they have so much information. Dude, they have exactly like laid out a pinned post of how to keep green trees. Yeah, they have a follow that a full husbandry guide or of like hey step by step here when your chondro is this age, this is how you should right. be keeping it. And it's they have natural history, they have all this stuff that's which I feel huge. like you need all those aspects to really appreciate the animal and know what you're working with. And what helped me a lot, honestly, was Rico Walder's yeah. um, article from Reptiles Magazine. That's totally. also another thing. You, If you Google green tree setup or whatever, green tree keeping or something, it will come up Reptiles Magazine, Rico Walder. Um, he's the one who first injured, like I first heard about keeping the cage instead of vertical, maybe being horizontal yeah. so that they can get temperature gradient and yeah. stuff like that. Rico was, he was the godfather. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, everything in chondros, like we owe it to Rico. Like he was producing more chondros and, and emerald tree boas than anyone. He had the whole setup and, and was full-time chondro breeder. And also he did emeralds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Emeralds and um, and a lot of the, uh, a couple other like arboreal species, but man, he crushed it and he, he really deep in dude, one. and he knew like he figured out how to breed. He, he had, um, a, a sonogram machine. What's it called? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Where he, was, <laughs> he was taking, he was like taking the, the measurements of the follicles as they developed in green work. trees. And man, he he knew the genetic lines. He made everything. Like he is the godfather of chondro. Correct me breeding. if I'm wrong. It's like um, Eugene Bissett and Trooper Walsh were kind of like the basis of like keeping this thing alive, maybe yeah. producing every once in a while. Yeah. And then Rico kind of built off the shoulders of them and is like, I'm producing this every year and I'm hatching out babies. And he really got the in and outs of the details of yeah. it. Is that right? Yeah, I mean that that's pretty accurate. Rico Rico was the first, and and maybe not the first, but he was he. Well, I, I would say he's the first to full time just green trees. Yeah, he was producing chondros on a consistent scale and had the mass numbers to weigh all the all the statistics against each other. Like he yeah. had a U.S. farm. Like we we talk about the Indo farms. It's of different. Like, Bushmasters oh, a, a different story. Yeah. Like Rico had the farm bred chondros, but yeah. here it was an American farm of chondros. Like with just him, he yeah. knows. Yeah. yeah, and so the, he had he had so much wisdom, so much knowledge, so much 
passion for the animal. Like it, it was, it was unbelievable. And I, I never knew him personally. Yeah. I never talked to him personally. Um, but dude, every, everyone that did is like, this dude was passionate about these snakes and he knew everything. And if he didn't know it, he wanted to like he yeah. he was always just wanting to to know Which more. what you always want is someone with an inquisitive mind and like i hope that someone takes his knowledge and he pass it down to someone else i think that's so important if someone's at top right now in the herpetoculture herpetoculture community yeah like you pass that down to other people and then they can pick up where you left off and further it even more so i hope like his legacy is still alive in the people that are beneath him. Like you always kind of have totally. mentors in the reptile community. Yeah. And I mean, dude, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier with the lineage and everything, like the coolest thing in the world right now is, oh man, I have a snake from Rico in my collection. Like I have, I have something yeah. that Rico produced. I like, just recently oh, saw dude, like Rico Biak and I'm like, oh. Yeah, dude, it's <laughs> sick. Like that's the coolest thing ever. It's like, it's like if you're an art collector and you have yeah, a Picasso or yeah. a Monet. It's like, no, dude, I have a Buscemi in my collection. I have yeah. a, a Rico <laughs> in my collection. Like, that's awesome. Like, So green cheeses are kind of like the snobby, yeah, like we're, we're high the, class folks, we're like the, the art collectors of the green or of the reptile world. It seems like yeah, we are snobs, man. <laughs> we're the worst, but we're the nicest snobs in the world, man. Like, uh, but also the most into their animals is what yeah. I see. Like just in general, people are just so pumped about fucking chondros. Yeah, man. dude, and it and it takes that. Like in order to be successful with them, it takes that excitement that like drive to say man i am into this species and and it doesn't matter nothing else matters but this species is it and like there's something about that when you see that type of person in chondros you're like dude that guy's gonna get it like he's he's gonna be successful eventually you look like you're about to say something uh well i was gonna wait um total off the wall question just wanted to answer it on youtube Someone asked, they have a sugar glider. Would a ball <laughs> python Jesus eat Christ, a, let's just not answer that. Would a ball python eat a sugar glider? I don't care to know, but I'm sure yeah. it would. If you know. if you like your sugar glider, I would suggest not letting <laughs> them together and finding out. They cohab well. <laughs> yeah, keep, keep them in the same cage overnight and see what happens. <laughs> see who Just wins. someone's eating someone. Yeah. I don't know who is who. Someone but. will be dead in the morning. <laughs> But I think it's it's so hard for me to... I want to go hard on corn snakes, but it's like no one gives a shit who's going hard on corn snakes. So it's like a weird position yeah, but to dude, be you, in, right? you do. <laughs> but we like, do. Yeah. Like that's, and that's cool. Like I think so... You know, the, the, un, the, you know, the unfortunate thing about the reptile hobby is like the, the money behind it and the drive to like, you know, be be the world's best or the world's first, you know, the, I, in my opinion, again, I don't know anything about ball pythons, but I feel like one of the, one of the worst things about the ball python industry is the money behind it. Yeah. And the drive for world's first. Where it's it like, barely matters what it looks like. It more matters how many genes you can put in. Yeah. The well, it's like, man, if, if you're not like absolutely on fire for the thing that you just produced, like, 
then it doesn't matter if it's a world's first. Like (laughs) it's just the same as every other one. And so there'll be things that look like normals, but have like four genes in them. And it's like, yeah. And so it's like, man, it, it doesn't like the, the money behind it doesn't matter. The, the notoriety doesn't matter. Like the only thing that really matters is the stoke behind it. And dude, if you get stoked on corn snakes or ball pythons, if you, if you get stoked on having normal ball pythons, then dude, keep the freaking most gorgeous, (laughs) like if you line breed normal, immaculate, normal ball pythons out there and do it like, to your heart's That's content. what I think. If someone was like, I'm the pastel guy, the pastel ball python, pastel ball pythons are maybe 25 bucks. Yeah. If someone's like, I'm going to make these screaming yellow, screaming black, you can probably sell it for $100 and sell them for life for totally. $100. And, I mean, dude, you look at you look at some of the jungle carpet guys. Like, dude, there's yeah. guys that just breed, and I'm sure they have other stuff, but they specialize in the jungles and like making the, the just you know, whatever, no tipping in the yellow, the blackest black, the yellowest yellow. And like, that's their thing. And dude, their jungles are awesome. And they are known for that because... And people will buy from them just because they know that they produce that type of quality. Totally. And they took, you know, let's say a typical jungle would be whatever, a hundred bucks, but they've made a jungle carpet, the same snake. They've just like made it better and now it's worth twice as much like i mean you'll see animals sell for 400 bucks but it's just because there's so much work behind it yeah i mean that obviously these animals are going to turn out better than totally and so it's the same thing with corn snakes like dude if you if you're super passionate about the reddest of red corn snakes or the craziest palmetto like wild confetti looking snake like dude freaking do it and get (laughs) get jazzed on it and you know i i just i i've gotten to the point where it's like Man, I don't really care what other people think right now. I just want to do what I want to do. Do you? And somehow, if people follow, that's excellent. If people don't, then yeah. whatever. It's like, hey, I don't care. If you're not into it, you're not into it. That's I think fine. it's super... Um, I don't know what I was about to say. It is super. So, it is it super. It is super. But like, I don't know, just corn snakes. I mean, no one really cares. Everything's 100 bucks. But I mean, I still want to make the best product that I can yeah. as far as just for myself, just to move on. Totally. I just want to uh, shout out to Austin <laughs> right oh, here at Austin's my house. Up. He's been watching. What's up, Austin? He's been pretty much agreeing with everything Mark's been saying. Dude, uh-huh. Austin is the man. And I don't know if he'll agree with that, but <laughs> he is the man. And dude, I I got to go out to Austin's facility uh, probably like, I think it was last year sometime and check out his Brettles pythons, check out everything. And it, dude, that, that fool is listen. Austin doesn't like chase all the shit that everyone else cares about. He has Brettles. He has fucking outstanding Brisbane's. Yeah. Those Brisbane's coastals fucking yellow and black. And it's they're not supposed to be that fucking color, but it's, he's another example of like, he's taking one thing and he's run he's running with the brettles he's running with yeah the dude and, and and he's passionate about it and you yeah. know it's it's not about he doesn't care about, about what's going on he like austin is he's a perfect example of taking something he's going for it no matter what and austin i have got to come out i want to see your pop one <laughs> python like i 
I really want to see it. I know. I mean, he's seen and he's like, gonna the say, upgrade, the Australian, you know, the one that looks better and acts better. But I mean, the pop wins all right, dude. so he'll check it out too. And the, and the thing is, I know, like, it's in, a little in short two pace. seconds, he's gonna say, like, yeah, come out anytime, because that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, like, Austin loves people, and we were almost like, if Austin doesn't say yes to coming here, we'll just go to Austin. We'll bring the computer. We'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring all, all the stuff because we want to see would, the pop win and all the shit he has. It would yeah. be worth it. Austin's place is sick, and he's such a cool dude. So, and he has chickens, right? Dude, so so <laughs> when I was there, I, I went to his house. I was actually getting African soft furs from him because I yeah. was one of my one of my chondros was fasting, and I was trying to break it of its Do fast whatever, and yeah. whatever. So, but so when I'm there, we're taking out snakes, and we get one of these one of his big female brettle pythons out, and we put it in the backyard. He's like, "You got to see this thing in sunlight." And so we put it down in the backyard and it's just crawling around on the ground. Gorgeous, like absolute stunner. And then he, he's like, there's this chicken that comes up. Like these chickens are just wandering around the yard and this chicken like comes up to him and he goes, watch out, that chicken follows me everywhere. Like I don't know what its deal is, but that chicken follows me. And I was like, what do you mean I need to, like is a chicken gonna peck me or attack me? And he's like, no this Brettles python will eat that chicken. Fuck it. <laughs> and I'm like, the Brettles python is, you know, it's probably, it's probably that big around. Yeah, and which chicken, if anyone can't see, it's like maybe a small softball, maybe a yeah, baseball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, nowhere near the size of a softball. Like probably, yeah. <laughs> probably baseball size. Yeah. And the chi- it's a chicken is a big bird. And, and I was like, you, do you think that that python could eat that chicken? And he looked at me and said, absolutely like no <laughs> doubt in my yeah. mind that it would eat that whole chicken I'm like oh, dude that's a serious snake you ever see um like i saw a thing with a corn snake trying to eat a chicken and it's like obviously this corn snake's never gonna eat it but it killed the chicken it's hey. trying to eat it could do it um okay so instagram is about to end uh, it's 20 seconds this is sec- 20 seconds left this is the second time instagram is in we're going on two hours that's usually our cue it's nice. usually our cue also me being hungry is usually our cue. Also, cheeseburger you day. You need to get your tonsils replaced. It's cheeseburger oh, day. Excuse me. I, I think I think she's gonna get her tonsils replaced. Not replaced. You don't get them replaced. You or just, you take, just them take them out. out. You don't need those things. Just throw away. You don't huh? need them. Okay. Oh, shit. Once room's gone, but <laughs> let's do a little outro thing. Huh? Let's do a little outro, outro. thing. Um, Mark, thank you so much for being on. What is where anyone can find you? Uh, you can find me at TX Chondros on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, we, we post every, which I try and post every weekday morning, uh, at least one picture of, a te- of a Texas green tree Python. So, and then, I mean, honestly, this has become like Texas in general has become the hotbed of green trees. I don't know how, I don't know why Dude, we're making a, a solid push for it. All and- I get like everyone here keeps green trees yeah dude i'm into it like i i love the community aspect behind it and so you know my my passion other than just like being passionate about the snakes is getting like people here together in community and so starting texas chondros like wanting to show off other keepers in texas their green tree pythons like that's that's awesome and if i can help out other texas keepers then that's great and so we have that, uh, and if if you're a Texan or if you just have a really pretty snake, send it to me. Send me a message on Instagram, TX Chondros, 
Um, and yeah, that's where you can find me. Hell yeah. Um, Do you have anything? Yeah. Uh, Mark, are you going to be at NARBC this weekend at all? There's uh, no green trees at any. I know, yeah. but I'm asking if he will be there. <laughs> when, at all. I'll tell you what. When, if and when I ever produce green trees, I, it is my goal to be at NARBC with a table and sell. Dude, green how trees. pissed like, will you be when someone sees your animals and they say, "Hey, like there's a yellow one over there that's like two fifty, and yours are five hundred. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> that's great. They and can then, they can do it all they want, and, and then I'll have and a. Then you have to explain this yeah. whole podcast just, over the whole history <laughs> of green trees. <laughs> yeah, just wring their necks. <laughs> no. um, are you going in in RBC as a? I will not. not really? Unfortunately, I have a, uh, well, fortunately and unfortunately, I will be out of town this weekend. Gotcha. Uh, I, I announce wakeboard contests. That's so, your other life. Yeah. Well, so, he's way too high class for our <laughs> shitty reptile show. Yeah, for all the, so like get out of here. All the ball pythons and, <laughs> and, and, and bearded dragons, you know, so it's not, just yeah, not my thing. Like, Dude, are you like a professional wakeboarder? Are you like the coolest man alive? Uh, yes, I am <laughs> the coolest man alive. You heard it here uh, first. Yeah, that's it. No, I I have the extreme pleasure of announcing uh, a lot of the pro wakeboard competitions and and so uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I I don't I don't pretend awesome. like my life sucks. It's <laughs> it's pretty good. So okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we will be not at a table. We'll be there. Joe and I will be there. We'll looking. probably be hanging out with Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Sullivan, Every Connection. We will be walking out in ARBC, so look for us. Yeah, and if you're in College Station, come down to the wakeboard contest come down there. Come to wakeboarding. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, next week, we said this already, next week we're going to have Austin of Rage Beard Reptiles, so be sure to listen next week. So jealous. About, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit of carpet pythons. It's weird because I feel like I keep corn snakes, but we only have people who keep carpet pythons and green trees. So. But that's, it's okay. That's who we know for some reason. In, that's our circle. Texas, it's a good community. community. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I feel like that's more of a tight-knit community, kind of what you were getting at before. But you can find us at PoorCityPythons.com, Facebook, Instagram, Poor City Pythons, everything, YouTube. You're listening to us right now. From the ground up, you know, you're listening to us. Download also, it wherever. sorry about the internet. <laughs> YouTube people. Hopefully it'll be better next week. But if this sucked, just download it on Stitcher, iTunes, whatever, tomorrow when I edit it. Yeah. Yeah. So you won't see us, but you'll get to hear our beautiful voices. You can just imagine how good looking we are. Just imagine Mark's hair. Just, oh, (laughs) goldeny. Just Goldilocks. (laughs) It's amazing. Best hair in the biz. Girls you love the girls, man. You the can't get this type shop. of experience <laughs> on the downloaded version, though. That's yeah. really what's up. Thank you guys oh, so okay. much for listening. What is that. going on? All right. We should. I see. I was about to end, and that just made me, you know. Yeah, let's end that. Okay. Flawed okay. end. We're two for minutes sure. short. Okay. Awesome. Thank you guys for Bye, watching. Guys.